0: Hello, church family. This is uh, Ezra, chapter 6, part 3 in our series uh, through the book of Esther. Uh, just to refresh where we're at right now with Ezra 6. Um, Ezra 6, they they began, this chapter began by um, basically the Jews giving the order to the Persians to go find Cyrus's decree, the decree that allowed them to be able to assemble and uh, work on the temple, uh, because the Persians and the adversaries of Jews were against them. And then they said, no, what we're doing is actually legal, usually find the document. And surprisingly, they did. They went out, they looked for it, they found it. And then when they found it, they read it, and they realized, okay, uh, we need to do this. We actually need to submit uh, to the decree of uh, helping the Jews uh, fulfill uh, their their building project. and we talked about how, uh, for us this week, for us to just contemplate and think about how we have a renewed worship. Uh, how do we keep uh, growing in faithfulness, especially when it's hard to hold on at times. And this chapter gives us lessons on how we continue to uh, to endure, even in during strange times. And yesterday, uh, we talked about, first, we, first and foremost, we need to listen to God, uh, whether it's through the preaching of God's Word or the reading of Scripture. Um, we need to be able to know and discern what God's Word has to say if we want to honor Him. Um, God's Word is really the thing that's going to refresh us every single day. Um, I've always encouraged people that uh, every Christian at some point should read through the Bible at least once. Um, I mean, atheists and non-Christians, they they can do it, they can force themselves to be able to read through the Bible and critique it. And as Christians, we have a new birth, we have a, a new desire, so we should keep... Um, we should keep wanting to learn and read and reread the Bible over and over again. Uh, We do this with movies, we do this with uh, other literature, and uh, if we could do it with those things, and we claim to be lovers of God, we should be able to read through the Bible without any hesitancy. Um, And part of that is the desire, we need to listen to God's Word, and that's what gives us a refreshed um, renewal to worship uh, Him every single day. And today we're going to look at two points we we'll gonna look at how we need to obey God's word and also worship God. Um, first, we need to obey God. And, uh, well, first, we need to listen to God. And the second, we need to obey God. And the third, worship God. So second point, obey God. Uh, we see in uh, verse 13, after they completed everything, uh, starting from verse 13, Then Tentani, the governor of the province beyond the river, Shatirabhaznai and their colleagues carried out the decree with all diligence, just as King Darius had sent. The elders of the Jews were successful in building through the prophecy, prophesying of Haggai and the prophets of, of Zechariah the son of Ido. and they finished the building according to the command of God of Israel and the decree of Cyrus, Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day, on the ninth, uh, on the month of Adar. It was the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. So these people, the Jews, they were faithful. They they were. Uh, they heard the teaching and they, they, they just carried out everything that they needed to do. They, and they noticed the verse they carried out with all diligence. Uh, they did it with excellence. They did their, uh, they did the best that they can to fulfill um, what God expected of them. And they did so and they were encouraged constantly by the teaching of God's word. Uh, the teaching of God's word made them obey. Uh, Israel built according to scriptures and the decree of Cyrus and obeying uh, it took a while to complete. Uh, it took time. I mean, again, the page of scripture doesn't do us justice in understanding the scope of how long this took, but this whole thing took about 20 something years to finish. Um, it was not something that, you know, our day, we have like construction workers and machines that help us build things and, you know, build things in a matter of uh, months or, or maybe several years, but this took 20 something years to finish from start to end and even with the uh, the halt in the middle. So this is something that they've been looking forward to. And you just have to imagine if you were a child, uh, by the time you're middle age, that's when it's done. And, you know, sometimes obedience uh, takes time. It takes time to complete the work of the Lord. And persistency is, in order for it to, for it to be persistent in the faith, when you be faithful, it requires faithfulness. Uh, obeying is not something for a moment, but a lifetime endeavor. And as you grow in your obedience, in your, in your knowledge of God's word, you'll grow in your obedience. And as you grow in your uh, knowledge and your obedience, you'll actually be more like Christ. And this is what the New Testament means when it says that we need to abide with Christ. It means that we, uh, we, uh, we draw close to the Lord, we start living and acting like the Lord, and then that way we start looking like the Lord. So we, we know uh, what Christ expects of us through the teaching of his word, and that's what makes us more like him. John, chapter 3, uh, verse 36, it says, uh, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he, he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So, much like the parallels, if you abide in the Lord, if you're faithful to him, then you will look like him. But if you are rejecting him, then the, the wrath of God abides on you. Um, so there's really just the two-course of our life. Are we, are we drawing close to the Lord through our understanding Scripture and in our practice of God's Word, or are we um, rejecting God's Word and, and abiding in His wrath? There has to be understanding that, as Christians, this is a this is a lifelong endeavor. Uh, there are no shortcuts to godliness or sanctification. For example, you can't grow while talking, uh, or you can't grow in terms of truth-telling if if you don't speak the truth or resist the truth temptation during uh, when you feel like tempted to lie uh you can't grow in your purity if you always give into um into your lust you can't grow in your uh giving if you're always stealing you know you should it's this is the put off and put on principle you put off sin and you put on christ likeness um we are called uh to live like christ and um and this isn't to say that it's about moral living. Uh, moral living is is something that is not... like There are non-Christians that can live morally without faith in the Lord. Uh, obedience is evidence of faith. faith. Let me say that again. Obe- obedience is evidence of faith, but obedience doesn't produce faith. Let me say that again. Obedience is evidence of faith, but obedience doesn't produce faith. Your faithfulness to the Lord must be driven because... Of your knowledge of who he is, and, and out of a love for him, then you, um, out of the love of what you know about him, you live according to scripture. Um, Matthew 5 uh, 29, this is during the persecution, uh, and you know, the the apostles were being charged not to preach the gospel, uh, but they obeyed the Lord. They said, uh, Peter said, and the apostles answered, But we must obey God rather than man. Um, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you have put to death by <coughs> by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to the right hand as a prince and savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are the witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. The obedience is a crucial part of the Christian life. I think in our time, we sometimes... I think especially in our church, and Reformed churches, uh, we tend to attack, uh, subtly attack um, or abuse the grace of God. We think because uh, uh, we're think because um, uh, we free from the bondage of sin, that means we're free to do whatever we want. Uh, no, being free from bondage of sin means that you could say no to sin, not that you can now live in sin as much as you like. Um, Romans 6, uh, t- uh, verse 12, Therefore do not... Let sin reign in your mortal body so that you must obey its less, And do not go on presenting the members of your body to, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Um, and that's speaking in the positive. That we, um, you know, we call it, these are things that we must do. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 it says, uh, uh, "This Paul um, critiquing uh, or or rebuking the Galatian church. Uh, And he tells them, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This person did not come from him who called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in this, in you. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, I, if I still preach circumcision, why am I being persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you were even mutilated themselves. And then jumping down a few verses, uh, that's when they talk, uh, Paul started making the contrast between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. And he started listing all the things that are walking in the flesh, are, what they look like, and they contrast with those that are walking in the spirit. Those that are walking in the spirit will be obedient and faithful to the Lord. One last passage in Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter three, verse fourteen. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this matter, take special note that of that person and do not associate with them, so that they so that he will be put to shame. Um, you know, this is Paul telling uh, the Thessalonica that okay, you need to be able to discern those who are not obeying the Lord. Because the reason why they're not obeying the Lord is because they're not worshippers of the Lord. Uh, part of uh, for you and I, if we want to renew, if we have a, if we want a, a to have our hearts renewed uh, to worship Him daily is that we need to apply God's Word daily. You need to devote your life to doing God's Word, whether it's ministry, whether it's personal, whatever your personal life, your public life, whether it's raising your kids or, um, or even being a kid. Uh, whatever you do, you must do it uh, for the Lord. Um, you must do it in obedience to God. Everything has, God's Word has to be your base before you do anything well. And that's how you keep growing in your affection. The more you obey God's word, the more desire you have for the Lord. And the more desire you have the Lord, the more you'll obey the Lord. So this has this um, uh, com- compounding effect in your in your in your walk with Christ if you obey the Lord. So uh, let me ask you this, just for us, food for For now, this is a question you ask yourself, how are you doing in terms of applying the word today? Um, you've heard messages on Sunday, you hear um, different podcasts, you hear whatever, like we're reading God's word, how are you applying the things that you've learned, um, and how you apply, and the reason why you apply is because you love the Lord, and out of that love, you go and you do, you obey God. So that's obeying the Lord. Uh, next. How do we have a renewed worship with the Lord every day? We worship God. Uh, going back to Ezra chapter six, verse sixteen and eighteen, it says it says this And the sons of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles, celebrate the dedication of this house of God with joy. They offer for the dedication of this temple of God a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, four hundred lambs, and as and as a sin offering for all Israel, twelve goats corresponding to the number of tribes of Israel. Then they point the priest to their division and the Levites in their orders for the service of God in Jerusalem as is written in the Book of Moses. Uh this is a very bloody endeavor. They were sacrificing a whole bunch of animals, uh both as a thankfulness to the Lord, a dedication to him for what he has done for Israel. And at the same time it says here in verse uh sixteen seventy that like they're also doing it out of um they're also sacrificing animals to atone for their own sins. Uh so they're doing everything they're they're, um, they're sacri- <coughs> sorry. They're, uh, they're they're sacrificing animals because they love the Lord, and they're um, sacrificing animals because they know that uh, they're separate because they've all sinned. Even though they're doing these things, the things that are faithful ones, they knew that uh, there were probably moments in their life that they've fallen short in sin. Celebration is part of worship because it's, a, it's victory over deliverance of 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 our sin, um, and they gave the best to the Lord. Um, and, and the reason why they gave their best to the Lord is because they have a devotion to Him. Um, they did everything right according to the, all the ceremonial laws and sacrificial laws in and, and, and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and they did it because uh, that's what the Lord instructed them. It said that they did it from the book of Moses. That they read it, they understood it, and they did exactly what God wanted Him wanted them to do. And again, it's the reason why they did it exactly the way that they uh, that God instructed is because they loved the Lord. And we see this all the way, we see the contrast of this in back in Genesis when Cain and Abel, I think I made this reference before, the reason why Cain's Abel was uh, not acceptable wasn't because God didn't like fruit, it was because God expected to be worshipped a certain way, that if you wanted to uh, sacrifice him, it has to be an animal sacrifice. And Cain didn't want to do that, he it's like, well, he was a... He's a he, he was a farmer of fruit. How would he have gotten an animal? Like, well, he could trade. He could just give some of the fruits to his brother, and the brother would, give, would give, consistently give him another animal. But Cain had no desire for that. He did not want to, he didn't care about the Lord. He didn't care what the Lord wanted. That's why he offered a, a sacrifice that wasn't pleasing to him. And we knew, and we know that Cain has this cavalier attitude, because right after he killed Cain, God asked him, hey, what happened to your brother? He just said, it was like, he didn't have any fear. He just like, one well, am my my brother's keeper? Um, see, our heart for the Lord if we, it will reveal itself in the way that we worship the Lord, in the way that we care about uh, uh, you know, studying God's Word and the preaching of God's Word. It's a reflection of what we think about the Lord. God has always cared about the heart of the individual more than the actual thing that we do externally. First uh, Samuel 15, 22. Uh, Samuel, in his rebuke of Saul for... Um, doing the right sacrifice but the wrong person do it and the reason why Saul did it is because he didn't have a reverence for God. Uh first Samuel 15:22 said Samuel said has the Lord has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Um, God does not care about what you do for him, because he actually doesn't need those sacrifices. Now, when, what we do or don't do for the Lord is just a reflection of what's inside our own hearts. Um, that's a very and that you know it could be a very dangerous thing to to use out external things because you can lie with your actions, but you cannot lie with your heart because the Lord sees both. Uh, he cares more about what's going on in your own heart. Proverbs twenty-one verse three, to to do righteousness and justice is desired by God more than sacrifices. Again, God doesn't care about what you do externally. He cares about your faithfulness to Him um, and your devotion to Him. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse one. Guard yourself as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen uh, rather than offer sacrifices of fools, for they do not know what they are doing, for they do not know they are doing evil. Um when we offer sacrifices, when, uh, even in the Old Testament and the New, that's one of those principles that applies. Uh, God cares uh, very little, or even he doesn't care at all about what you do externally. A few more, Jeremiah 7, uh, 22, 4, I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offering and sacrifices. Basically saying, I don't, I didn't bring them out so that I can have a group of people to just offer things to me. He wanted a people uh, for himself uh, that uh, so that they could love him, they can worship him, and that he can love them back in return for uh, to demonstrate who he is to the world. Hosea six six four I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and the knowledge of God rather than burnt offering. Um, and uh, we, there's more as well. Uh, just to uh, jump ahead a little bit, uh, you could read Amos five twenty one and. Uh, it's one reference the New Testament Matthew 12 33 it reads um, okay the scribe said to him write uh, so this is um, Jesus uh, someone asking Jesus what it takes to go to heaven and um, and and he actually had a right response the scribe said to him write (laughs) if you said he is the one he is one and there is no one else besides him and to love him with all the Heart and with all understanding and all strength, and to love one neighbor as himself is much better than all burnt offering and sacrifices. Uh, this is a reference again back to Hosea six six, and even Micah um, six six to six uh, six, uh, to, verse six to eight. And um, Jesus' response to say that you are not far from the kingdom of God. Um, God doesn't care about what you do externally. So even when you go to church, if you do the worship, if you go to the worship services, God doesn't care how faithful you are in your attendance. God doesn't care how much money you give. Does God doesn't care how well you sing in public? God doesn't care about any of those things. God cares if you take Him seriously from the heart. Um, again, God is only impressed based on how much you love Him because that's what He cares more—that you love Him with your all, your heart, mind, and soul. The value of worship is from the heart, not how well you do external things. It's all about your affections, and uh, that will drive you to worship God faithfully. That's what happened with the Israelites, too. They sacrificed and gave the best to the Lord because they have a love for the Lord. And you can see this all kind of builds up together, right? First, you listen to God's Word, and when you listen to God's Word, you obey God's Word. And out of that obedience to the Lord, you worship God faithfully so for today uh the two questions you get to ask yourself um how are you in terms of applying god's word and do you give your best to the lord in the sense of your own heart do you love him when you enter the uh, time of worship mean corporately with him do you love him uh from the heart and right? not from just external things try to sear your own conscience or anything like that so uh that's it for today um tomorrow we're going to close our Uh, series, not series, but we'll close this chapter with the last point, and that's to worship God. Um, Oh, sorry, not worship God, trust God. Um, We listen to God, we obey God, we worship God, and lastly, we learn to trust God. I look forward to closing this chapter with you guys tomorrow. Have a good week.